What would you need to be set for the rest of your life? Not sure if anyone's been keeping track, but the Mega Million Prize just outgrew its name and someone came home with a billion dollar prize. I'm sure that if any of us came home with that much money that we'd probably feel like we're pretty set for the rest of our life. But maybe for many of us here, we maybe don't quite need that much. Maybe for you, being set for life, well, all you would need is to have your retirement fund grow to the amount you need it to so that you could comfortably live out the rest of your life. Maybe for you, being set for life means getting the desired promotions at work and moving up the economic ladder. Maybe for you, being set for life means moving into your dream home and providing for the family that you have. What would you need to be set for the rest of your life? Now, lean up verses for today. Jesus had been teaching a large crowd for him about some very heavy topics. Jesus was teaching the crowd before him to watch out for the dangerous, false teaching of the Pharisees that would lead them astray. Jesus was teaching that he was the son came to fulfill his father's will. Jesus was trying to teach the crowd before him to lift their eyes and to focus and to follow the one true God. But as Jesus was teaching this crowd before him about these very heavy topics, a man came forward and asked him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. This man was, in a way, telling Jesus, you know, I get that you have some important things to to teach us, Jesus, but I need your help with something that's really important. I need you to help me get my money. And while we don't hear the details of the situation, what was likely going on here is that this man's father had passed away, and so it was up to this man's older brother to rightly divide the inheritance. The older brother should have kept two-thirds of the inheritance for himself, and he should have given one-third of the inheritance to the younger brother, who's the man in our verses for today. But for whatever reason, the older brother kept the entire inheritance for himself. And Jesus could have easily given this man the Old Testament laws that would have helped him get his share of the inheritance. But when this man approached Jesus... Jesus looked into this man's heart and he saw that it was filled with greed. And so he told the man, Who appointed me to be a judge or an arbitrator over you? Jesus wasn't going to feed into this man's sinful desires. Now it's important to point out that the man's request itself wasn't sinful. I mean, the one-third share of the inheritance was rightly his, and so he had every reason to be asking for it. What was wrong with the man was how he viewed his share of the inheritance. He thought that if he had his share of the inheritance, that he would be secure in this life. He thought that if he had his share of the inheritance, that he would have a better standing among his peers and even before God. This man's sinful heart led him to believe that if he had his share of the inheritance, that he would be set for life 
because of the abundance of possessions that he would have. But he thought that without it, that he was nothing. And so Jesus used this opportunity to teach the crowd before him about the dangers of the sin of greed. He said to them, Be watchful and guard yourselves against all covetousness, for it is not through abundance that a man's possessions sustain life. Jesus was telling the crowd before him to be on guard against the sin of greed because it will leave you hungering and thirsting for more. Watch out that you don't neglect spiritual blessings for temporary joy. And don't think that having an abundance of possessions will sustain you in this life. And to better illustrate what Jesus was trying to teach the crowd before him, he told them this parable. The land of a certain rich man produced very well. He was thinking to himself, what will I do because I do not have anywhere to store my crops? He said, this is what I will do. I will pull down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and goods. And I will tell my soul, soul, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And whenever we look at the parables that Jesus teaches, it's important for us not to say more or less than what Jesus was trying to teach. And in this parable, Jesus was not condemning the man for having wealth and possessions because it's not sinful to be wealthy. What Jesus was condemning the man for was how he viewed his wealth and possessions. In fact, the man in the parable for today displayed various sinful views towards his, his wealth and possessions. First, the man looked at his wealth and possessions in a selfish way. He only looked at them as a way to build himself up and to better himself in this world, neglecting to think of how he could use them to serve others. Second, he thought that the only reason he had the things that he did was because of the work of his hands, failing to realize that the reason he had all the things that he did was because, was because God had blessed him with these things. And lastly, the man looked at all of his wealth and possessions, and he felt that he was safe and secure in this life, and he thought he had a better standing among others because of the abundance of his wealth and possessions. And because of this man's sinful view on his wealth and possessions, you can imagine how terrified he must have been when God came to him and said, You fool, this night your soul will be demanded from you. Now who will get what you have prepared? After selfishly planning to enjoy his wealth and possessions for the rest of his life, that very night God comes to him and tells him, that his time on this earth has come to an end. And he realizes the foolishness of his plan because he failed to account for the fact that death could come at any moment. And not only that, but this man would now miss out on enjoying the wealth and possessions that he had stored up for himself and they would be enjoyed by others. And since this man was 
so focused and had such a sinful view on how he viewed his possessions, he neglected his relationship with God. And so while he may have been rich in an earthly sense, he was spiritually poor. And this is how it will be for anyone who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. These final words from Jesus were a harsh warning to the crowd before him. He was warning them that if they viewed their wealth and possessions as the most important things in their lives, that they were in danger of facing a similar fate. And Jesus' warning to the crowd before him about the dangers of the sin of greed are also something that we need to watch out for. Now, we live in a culture where greed is glorified. A person's worth seems to be tied to the amount of wealth and possessions that they have. The happiness of our culture seems to be tied to the stock market. Because of the sin of greed being all around us, we face the temptation to fall into it daily. So let's not only hear Jesus' harsh warning against the sin of greed, let's take an honest look at our own hearts to see if we've fallen into it. Have you ever viewed your wealth and possessions in a selfish way? Only thinking of how these things can be used to build yourself up, neglecting to think of how you can use your wealth and possessions to serve others. Have you ever forgotten that everything you have has been given to you by God? Or have you ever despised the things that God has given you because you think that God owes you more? Have you ever looked at your wealth and possessions and felt safe and secure in this life because you value those things so much? Or have you ever looked at the amount of, or the lack of wealth and possessions that you have and been overcome with anxiety as you look ahead to the future? Have you ever thought that you or someone else was more or less worthy because of wealth and possessions? When we take an honest look at our own hearts, we see just how sinful we truly are. And the problem isn't just that we fall into the sin of greed. The root of the problem is our sinful nature, which has been passed down from generation to generation, which corrupts us into corrupting our thinking into to not lining up our will with God's will. Our sinful nature leads us into all kinds of sin. And because of this, we're deserving of the same fate as the man in the parable from our verses for today. Because of our sinful nature, what hope could we ever have? Let's not despair in our sin. Because the very reason that Jesus spoke the harsh words in our verses for today was not to leave the crowd before him with no hope. The reason that Jesus spoke the harsh words from our verses for today 
was because of his love. See, the fact is that we have a God who is not content to let us wander away from him. We have a God who seeks us out and corrects our our foolish thinking so that he can lead us back onto the right path. We have a God who leads us to find our security, our hope, and our worth at the cross. Where we see Christ, the one who made himself poor by taking on flesh so that he could carry out his Father's will. Where we see him on the cross with all of our sins of greed placed upon him along with the rest of our sins and we see him suffering the punishment that our sins deserved. And while all of our sins were placed onto Christ, he has given us his holiness, his perfection, and his righteousness. And because of what Christ has given to us, we are redeemed children of God. And because of who we are, we can know that our hope, our security, and our worth is found in the work of Christ. And not only does the work of Christ assure us that we are worthy before God, but it also shapes our understanding of how to properly view the wealth and possessions that we have in this life. It leads us to see that everything we have is a gift from God that can be used to sustain ourselves, to support our our families, friends, neighbors, to help those who are in need. We see that everything we have is a blessing from God. So what would you need to be able to say that you're set for the rest of your life? While the world wants us to believe that being set for life is all about wealth and possessions, we know the real reason we're set for life. Or maybe a better way to say it, we know the real reason we're set for eternal life. We have been bought with the blood of Christ, making us worthy before God. Amen.